Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Hey, Tom and Cecil, I was just listening to your latest podcast, and I know that Alex Jones is a retarded monkey throwing flaming feces at the radio. But what really kills me is he's such a fucking retard. He doesn't he doesn't know what he's talking about with the Guter Demerung or however he pronounces it. So first of all, it's Götterdämmerung verdammt normal. Second of all, the way he pronounces it, Guter Demerung, he's actually saying the twilight of the wholesale goods. He's such a fucking moron. He should be banned from radio for the rest of his natural and unnatural life. advise that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome at. This is episode 348 of Cognitive Distance. In this episode, we're going to be joined a little later, this episode by Riss McCool to talk about her new book, The PC Lie. So that's going to be very interesting. Wait for that. Uh, Cecil, speaking of books, um, yeah. I'm a little upset. Oh, are you upset? I'm a little upset, man. Hold on a second. Do you want me to tell go you on. why? Oh, go I ahead. Feel like, oh, no, go ahead. Hold no. on. Hold yeah, on. Go hold ahead. on. Hold no. That didn't feel hard. Yeah, go ahead. That didn't feel hard. No, but yeah, feel, go. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. You know, I'm waiting to hear. So we decided uh-huh. uh, we finished. We finished the greatest, most much secret, or whatever the fuck it was did. called. Right. Did. Yeah. Uh, so David Icke is forever out of our lives. I'm not revisiting that, by the way. Okay. David Icke is dead to me. You now. don't want to read any of his other stuff. I think that I would, leads up to it, like the Princess Die Chronicles princess. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> only if I'm real sick. Like, that's it. Like, only if my grandpa reads it to me. Um, <laughs> You're Princess reading it Bride wrong, Grandpa. Joke. Princess Die doesn't die. You're reading it wrong. <laughs> Her last words, as you wish, Buttercup. <laughs> it's backwards. People are like, it's backwards, motherfucker. It's backwards. Uh, yeah, I know. It's just a shout out. Uh, 
So, but I am, I am upset because as often happens when I compare, mm-hmm. um, mine is bigger than yours. Oh yeah. Actually, that's not true at all. <laughs> mine is usually like, more Irish than one, yours. What are, what are so I got, uh, I got L Ron Hubbard's fucking enormous tome of okay. a book. Drop that on Dianetics. the table. <laughs> Oh right. my God. And I have great comfort, scientific facts yeah. in the Bible. You know, you know what upsets me particularly about this is that do you remember when we were kids and we'd be watching cartoons and whatever and the fucking Dianetics commercials would come on yeah, with yeah. the explodey volcano, sure, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, which Dianetics. I, I, right. Get your copy today. Fix your life. <laughs> right? You fucking loser. The book didn't look like this. It didn't look like no. every Encyclopedia Britannica <laughs> glued together at one time. <laughs> It's so, this is, this is words. These are words I've never heard spoken to me, but it's so big. If you were, if you were a hillbilly, two of those would hold your car up while you change the tires <laughs> <laughs> or just look, took the tires off and left it on the, on the, what well, we should get cash on yeah. to double check. He's probably, no, they don't have books down there. None of them can books. read. <laughs> it's just all wood blocks with titles scrawled on. <laughs> what y'all going to do with them squiggle pages? <laughs> But the, the the discrepancy in these books it could not be greater. It is. It's it's pretty bad. It's uh, so how, how how big is yours, buddy? Let's compare. Uh, let's compare. Let's right, this, let me let me whip it out. This usually doesn't work out in my favor. Actually, <laughs> it's hold like, on. I'm a hey newsflash. It's not going to work out in your favor here either. <laughs> I'm a grower, yeah. not a shower. So uh, give me a minute. 101 pages, and that's with. Thank you for taking the time to read this book. Please <laughs> check our website at raycomfort.com or write for a free catalog of books, tracks, tapes, and videos of Ray Comfort, Living Waters Publications, P.O. Box 1172, Belfar, California. Isn't he Australian? I don't know, mate. That's terrible. Was that, did I do That's, a good job? No, no. I don't know, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Now you just sound like a retarded Australian. <laughs> you can't say retarded. It's intellectually handicapped Australian. <laughs> or, or, or you can abbreviate that to just Australian. Oh. 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 Australians are not smart. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get, I'm going to get beat up in Australia so you're gonna bad. Have to, you're going to have to hang upside down to read all that letters. All these get. crazy yeah. bogans or whatever are going to fucking attack me <laughs> when I get there. Off the bogans with a Ray Comfort <laughs> I've worked with less, but not much uh, less. But it's and the worst part is, is that Dianetics is like written in microtype and it's 700 million pages. <laughs> and this is 100 pages and it's written like a chick track. There's seven <laughs> words a page. There are seven words a page. It's so bad. I'm going to drop it and it's going to float down to the table. Here we go. It's like, you know what it's like? It's like when you're playing Mario 3 and you get the fucking, the the, the leaf. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it just flops down. So so what we decided to do, because we didn't know how big this book was before we made this call. It's false advertising. It's stuff fucking socks in its pants. <laughs> it showed somebody else's dick on Tinder. <laughs> with, <laughs> with a book that size, Ray Comfort's not providing a lot of comfort. I'm just saying. That's you you better be real good at cuddling. You, you get out, you get on Tinder, and then you just send a bunch of black dicks to girls, <laughs> <laughs> and then you show up, and they're like, the First, fuck? "They're fucking super white." You're like, well, I know, but well, you were gonna be here if I didn't show you that big black cock. I'm so. like, I'm like Zartan from GI Joe. <laughs> Parks and me changes color. So anyway, um, I got like a mood dick. <laughs> You kind of do anyway. It's like, it's just like, it is true. Hey, it mostly hides. (laughs) It's very moody. It's like a mood turtle. It's like, oh, little head is hiding. 
Where'd it go? Uh, so what it's we're cold. Gonna do, I went swimming. What we're going to do is we're going to, uh, Tom's going to read the first book of that because it's multiple books. It's, the book is so big that yeah, it's not just it's broken into, into chapters. Multiple it's books. broken into books. And I will match him by reading the this book of Ray Comfort. And then I will go to the, to the second most votes, whatever that book was that we did in our poll. And I'll read that one. And so for every book that Tom reads in that book, I will then read a book as well. So, you know, this is, this is such bullshit because you get to read all these different books and, mm-hmm. ha- and I just keep have to slog through the fucking yeah. Dianetics. <laughs> I feel like the workload in this podcast is unfairly shifted. <laughs> oh, you don't, you don't feel real bad. Yeah. Hold on. Did you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got, I got to the studio this evening and I was like, I was bitching about it. And Cecil just looked at me. He just, <laughs> he just fucking looked at me like, are you it's fucking really time, going to? It's the one time <laughs> in this entire production of the, all the podcasts that we've created The at this point, over 400 podcasts we've created. Yeah. It's the one time I win. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to relish it. So, oh. But I will, I will read multiple books based on them because there's just no way. It would be ridiculous. Like, I would have I to would, read a hundred yeah. pages. And we looked at this pay. I looked at this and there's several chapters, <laughs> quote unquote <laughs> chapters in this book that are no shit, a page and a half long and a page and a half of, you know, this isn't even, it's not even if you were a student and you gave a page and a half report, it would be less writing than this. Yeah. This is like those shitty James Patterson novels where he writes like a machine gun. Like there's, there's a 250 page novel. It's 300 pages. Cause everything is a fucking, you know, yeah, it, little machine gun chapters. Exactly. Yeah. They're all it's tiny, a shitty yeah. way to write by a shitty person. And everyone who likes <laughs> his books is shitty. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, let's 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 do something else except for make fun of authors. We're gonna do that with wrist later on. All right. so. <laughs> I said, "Who's that guy on the other side of the glory hole?" It's Jesus. All right, see, so let's talk about this fucking nightmare. Uh, this is from the Independent. Uh, Church blames consumerism and temptations of body. After Catholic priest rapes a 15 year old girl. Um, so that was really the defense. Like, so here's the thing it's, it, this takes place in India. Yeah. Well, um, hey, hey, it takes place in India. So, bright side, she was only raped by one person. Oh my God. Yeah, right. She, she wins an she, award. She didn't get the group. She wins the least raped yeah. award. Like, <laughs> it's like the worst group on, by the way. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, admittedly, like, she was only raped by one person, but at least she was raped several times and became pregnant. Oh. So. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> well, he blames it in a weird way. He says, he says, well, hold on, hold on, because it gets worse. Hold yeah. on. I, I do want to talk about one, one other piece before we talk about how, I don't know how much worse it gets, but so th- this poor woman was, was raped um, several times. She becomes pregnant. Then she delivers. And then the child is taken from her and given to an orphanage without her consent. Yeah. Fucking nothing happened with her consent. Yeah. Like th- this is just. She's just being absolutely used and abused like a fucking flesh machine. What's and then the priest? Well, and then the priest. So there's two things the priest did. One, the the priest blames consumerism at a certain point, and it's like, and I, and I, and at first I was really confused by this, but I think it's more like a mistranslation. I think what they're trying to say is that uh, human trafficking in India makes up a large percentage of their GDP. Oh God! And so, <laughs> and so they're that. What he means to say when he says consumerism, consumerism is buying right. human beings. 
But he, he seriously blames consumerism. And then he says, I want to read this. He also blames her. Yeah, this is, this he is where blames he blames her. He says, girl. he says, daughter, why did... And this wasn't him. This was someone else, right? So this, this was... Uh, so this is a Catholic association blamed the victim. And here's what they said. Daughter, why did you forget who a priest is? Uh, read the extract from the, from the Sunday Shalom. Uh, he has a human body and has temptations. He may have forgotten his position for a few seconds, my child, who has taken the Holy Communion. Why didn't you stop or correct him? What the fuck is wrong with you? Why, did, why was your vagina there? Right, I, I can't even... I can't even understand how you would write something like that. Why, 15-year-old girl, didn't you stop yourself from being raped and impregnated by a position by, by an authority figure? I don't know, maybe because that's the fucking nature of rape itself. Yeah. And the nature of fucking rape definitionally. Yeah. And the nature of the relationship between priest and congregant. Right. Right? You've created this entire system for, you know, at this point, uh, two millennia, right? There is this system where the priest is the authority and he tells the congregant what to do. Well, if you don't like that system, you can't go take these backseats whenever you <laughs> right, rape somebody exactly. and be like, well, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. You've been telling people for two millennia that it's fucking that this is how this works. Is it millennia, a thousand years? Yeah. Am I making that work? No, I don't want to get all How many emails, emails are you going to get? Oh my God, guys. Yeah, guys, that's an eon. And yeah. <laughs> Here's a weird unit of measurement you I never use. Yeah, right? <laughs> Said it's your fucking shitty pedantic <laughs> yeah. basement emails. So, but but you know you've you've set this system up forever, and right. now you're mad that people followed your system. So in the article it says you know he may have forgotten his position for a few seconds. The guy only lasts a few seconds. If you're going to get raped by somebody, at least they can have some fucking skills. Jesus no, Christ! He forgot what position he was in for a few seconds. Well, and isn't then it he- always missionary with a priest? <laughs> Depends on where you're at. <laughs> But it doesn't hurt to smack a little 11-year-old around a little bit. This story comes from the New York Times, and it is super weird. Uh, Dozens say Christian leader made British boys bleed for Jesus. So, like, this is one of those weeks, like the last two weeks, where you just find, like, story after story after story of, like, schools for kids, like weird religious institution schools for kids, where they're just like, oh, yeah, send us your kids. And we'll beat the ever-loving shit and out of them. Fucking rock their world, right? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it's this this story is particularly weird. So, um, a weird sex-obsessed nut job, which is pretty much what this guy is. This was a, a guy named John Smith. John Smith, who by the way is now hiding in South Africa. John Smith with a Y, y. yeah, instead of Smythe. A so this fucking creepy fucking dude. Um, basically like ran a school for fucking witchcraft and wizardry or whatever they fucking do over there. <laughs> Send you an owl. <laughs> so, uh, this Mr. Smith went to Washington or whatever he did anyway. So he's like, he's, <laughs> he's, he's some creepy dude who ran a boarding school. Basically. That's why I was joking about the witchcraft and wizardry. He's a creepy dude who ran a boarding school. And like a lot of these fucking creepy fucking ultra religious dudes that run boarding schools. I think they just start these things or get jobs at these things to have a fucking stable of young boys to, and I honestly think this is to sociopathically attack, beat, rape, yeah. torture. And they, they get like, like the weird sex obsessed dudes. Like in this case, like, you know, he's like obsessed with the sin of masturbation yeah. and fucking flogs the yeah, shit out says, of people. It, the, uh, then came the first blow from the cane. I'm quoting directly from the article. Oh, this is gross. It's impact so ferocious that it sent the boy into a state of paralysis that lasted through the through at least 30 strokes. 
And I'm thinking only 30 strokes for masturbating. I don't know if I get past. I've never counted. <laughs> it's like how, how many licks does it, it take, take to get to the... <laughs> how many strokes does it take to get to the bottom of the yeah. shaft? I tell you what, I was real active at 17. You know what I mean? It's this boy got beat at 17. I was oh. I was super active. I'd have been an amputee if this guy's... <laughs> it'd have beat the fucking legs off of him. I mean, but... but I but, would have made it my first week. I, I want to read what he does after he gets done beating this boy in the near unconsciousness. Right. When he was done, he would lean in towards me and he oh, would God, put his yes. face on my neck, telling me how proud he was of me. Yeah, it, that's it, not at all creepy at all. That's ever, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't even imagine. That's like it's like you beat the shit out of him and slap him on the ass. Like good game. Yeah. Like really, I couldn't imagine doing that after sex. <laughs> I'm pr- how weird I'm would that be? <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Whoa, well that's not happening again. I'd be like, just look oh, over, and be like, that I should have is- swiped right. <laughs> Worst Tinder date ever. Uh, no, but 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 it's what I it, what it feels like, and I, I clearly can't. You know, you can't diagnose people or whatever. But what it feels like yeah. is a lot of projection that these guys have. They project these thoughts of uh, of self loathing onto these boys, and then beat that loathing, beat their own loathing sure. onto these boys, and then they say they're proud of them because they. They withstood the beating that these guys want to give to themselves in a way. That's what it feels like. Like, yeah, I can't I know, do a diagnosis. Like, I, I'm right, not going to, you know, I can't. But right. but it feels like there's a lot of projection going on. Here. Yeah. And, you know, when I read this, like, to me, it seems so outrageous. It's so it's so insanely outlandish that that I have a hard time imagining how this is not an intentional position. A predator put himself in. In order to right. sexually abuse children, yeah, and to, like, you, don't, this is, you don't fault into right. this. You don't be like, well, right. you know, I I was gonna I was gonna be a fireman, but I decided instead to beat boys. To be yeah, exactly yeah. Right. right. Well, I guess they both know their way around a hose. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> They'll both slide on a pole given the opportunity. <laughs> got literally taken to a woodshed yeah he yeah. got actually like that yep. like that old expression yep. like take him taken, out to the woodshed he, wood he got actually taken out to the woodshed yeah. and 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 this is a long article just of, of just brutal beatings and that's mostly what this is it's yeah. just it's just a it's a litany of basically torture this guy yeah. this guy is a, ma- a a sadist rather yeah he's clearly a sadist who tortures children you know obamacare is Really, I think the worst thing that has happened in this nation since slavery. Oh, my God. This is great. Uh, This is from thinkprogress.org. GOP congressman thinks poor people don't want health care, just like Jesus said. (laughs) This is so great. What the fuck does that even mean? Well, let's not take him out of context. I think it's important. No. I think it's important to read uh, exactly what he said. So this is uh, Representative Roger Marshall um, from the great state of Kansas. So I guess mm. he's both his own representative and the only constituent. Yeah. Maybe the only person that lives in fucking Kansas. <laughs> you ever met anybody from Kansas? No. No, nobody has because there's nothing there. Nobody can fucking procreate in Kansas. The state is so boring. Nobody's dick has ever gotten hard in Kansas. <laughs> Not <laughs> one time. Nobody was there. <laughs> it's because it's you go, you fucking show up and you leave. You You're just can't like, even hold your dick over the state line and expect <laughs> <Yeah>. an erection. <laughs> You have to sit down to pee when you go to fucking Kansas. You're such it's such an a, innie the whole time you're there. It's such a grossly uh, emasculating state. Uh, it's like you look down, you're like, I'm not even swimming. Like, really? <laughs> really? Like, it's not, what is this, you an ice bath? on your abdomen. <laughs> Let me fluff it up a little bit. Because you can't shake. You got to tap. 
You gotta uh, press it your yeah. belly and hope it pops out like one of those like stress doll exactly, things, with right? The eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's what this fucking monster said. Uh, he said, "Quote: Just like Jesus said, the poor will always be with us. Uh, there is a group of people that just don't want health care that aren't going to take care of themselves." The author of this piece uh, writes that he pressed Marshall at this point, but the congressman shrugged. The Medicaid population, which is on a free credit card as a group, do probably the least preventative medicine and taking care of themselves and eating healthy and exercising. And I'm not judging. Really, bro? I'm just saying, socially, that's where they're at. So there's a group of people that even with unlimited access to health care are only going to use the emergency room when their arm is chopped off or when their pneumonia is so bad they get brought into the ER. What? I don't understand the last part of that, really. Yeah, that, he's basically saying like, that there's a group of people that no matter how great their health care would be, that they would get sick and they would just be like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to sit here and be super sick for no reason and then wait to use the most expensive possible resource oh, at the last possible moment. That's actually what he's suggesting. What he's really but, saying is poor people are stupid. Well, he is, that, that's what he's yeah. saying. There, but then right? also at the, at the top, he's saying, you know, that, you know, when you have access to health care that you're not paying for, you may be more uh, uh, careless with your own body is what he's saying at the top, right? That's what he's saying. And that makes sense for everything but bodies, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know what I mean? Like, so, so like, let's say I'm a, and I remember this very clearly. My friend, when he was 19, had a brand new truck. His truck got into a fender bender and they had to spend two days painting it. So he got a tiny rental car that they paid for that he had, and it was a Geo Metro or something, right? It was a tiny we little car, right? We both They're had them. We both had them. I loved it. But it was a tiny little car. He was in the middle of the street doing like dropping the clutch and doing like <laughs> right. burnouts and stuff because it wasn't his car, right? And you're a 19 year old asshole and you basically ruined the rental car's car because it's not your car, right? So yeah, that makes sense. If you're if you're talking about anything but the thing you have to live in the I know, whole time. The thing that hurts. Yeah. The thing that like if you don't do right. stuff to it, you could drop hurts. the tranny out of a fucking out of a out of a, a geo metro. Right. And you're never gonna feel it. Right, exactly. But we're not he he's basically suggesting a robot model. Exactly. Right? A robot yeah. model of healthcare where you're just like, I don't care, I just give myself a heart attack. Look, I'm a guy who's put some fucking hard years on his body. Yeah. Right. I have put some. Don't shake your head I'm like with that. With you, I'm. Yeah. I right? did too. I, we've, yeah. I have. We were I all have. pacing each other to see if we could get to 300 first, <laughs> and not 306 no, packs either. Right? We're yeah. Exactly. 300 bill. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. 300. It was a tight race exactly. at one point. It was a tight I'm race. Four inches shorter yeah. than you. <laughs> So I, I, we've, I fucking put some hard ears on this machine. Yeah. And you know what? It didn't feel good. It hurt all the time. The fucking machine never felt good. Like it just never felt good. This is not the, it's not the case that people are just gonna be like, well, I'll just get a new body if this one doesn't work out. Well, what and are you talking about? Isn't he talking, the way he's talking, he's like, oh, they got a free credit card. These Medicaid people. Medicaid is a shitty system. It is, it is not. Like you walk in and be like, I will have the Rolls Royce. Can you put me in an iron lung? I don't even need it. Just put me in it. It's like my restaurant day. I just want to lay in my iron lung all day. Like, like you look at, you can't walk in there. Like we know someone who's going through some real difficult times. And then just right. to get it, just to get a couple of routine tests, it's fucking, you got to jump through a flaming hoop like a tiger. Right. Yeah. I know. It's, it's like these, these, these state and, and federally run insurance schemes like Medicaid and whatever, 
They are the bare minimum schemes. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not they're, Canada, the Cadillac. Right. You're not paying. We're not paying for people that are like, like, oh, yeah, sure. Well, I guess you'll have your choice of which spa you want to get your treatment <laughs> at. It's like, which low income place can you go to? Right. It's it, within a 70 mile range. It's not the spa. It's the creepy Asian massage parlor. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's exactly. That's the With difference. With no happy ending. Wow. Mama None? son what? is done for the what day. What if I bring cash? Like if I if I flash sticky, a little cash in the beginning from all earlier, <laughs> she's and she's like, no, I'm done. I don't want no. But I, can you scroll down a little bit? Because I do want to read after after this horror show nonsense that he said. Um, it, I, I did think it was interesting because they they then quote a Harvard School of Public Health study, which says that two years after Medicaid coverage is expanded under the ACA in their states, low income adults in Kentucky and Arkansas, garbage states if ever there were any. Sure. Received more primary and preventative care. Well, made how do they fewer. know? There's only like six people in those states. That's well, not really a, a good sample, sample size. Sizes, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, I mean, well, six people. Yeah, that's one, two. That counts. It's 12 teeth. You're right. Yeah, it's like it's like half a Wakefield study. <laughs> uh, they made fewer emergency department visits and reported higher quality care and improved health compared with lower income uh, adults in Texas another garbage state, which did not expand Medicaid, according to a new study. The findings provide new evidence for states that are debating whether to expand or how to expand coverage of low-income adults. So basically, exactly what he said is the exact opposite exactly. of what's true. Exa- yeah. Right? He just wants to shame poor people, basically say that poor people don't deserve it, yeah. and they're stupid, and if we gave it to them, they wouldn't even fucking appreciate it. They wouldn't it. even like it. You know, this reminds me of what Chavitz said this week when he talked about uh, the iPhone, how you're going to have to choose between right. an iPhone right. and, and healthcare. And it's like, that's such an asinine thing to say because the amount of money you spend on healthcare is out, outweighs an iPhone, you know, immensely. Right. I understand, month. I understand what he's trying to get at, which is, you know, if you have to pay for health insurance, you're going to have to budget for health insurance, just like everybody else has to buy. I get it. I understand what he's trying to say, sure. but he's just being a douchebag shit about it, yeah. you know? And then, you know, he's exposing that privilege, that yeah. he's, right? It's like, oh, we'll just, we'll drop the, the luxuries. And it's like, <clears throat> there's a lot of people for whom it's not a matter of dropping the luxuries. They're like, I don't know whether to eat a food yeah. or get a medicine. Yeah. That's it. And, and. And the way they're setting this up, there's more people now that are going to have to make that choice because those people were covered under Obamacare with Medicaid. Right. But they're going to there's going to be a creep up of those people. There there are still going to be some people who will be covered under Medicaid sure. under in those certain states where they expanded Medicaid coverage, et cetera. But there's going to be some people that are going to be cut off from this. And one thing that I think that this health care bill that they're trying to put through is a hu- it just creates a huge mistake for them. And good for them. Great. Create all the mistakes you want. But this this is a big one is uh, marginalizing the elderly. Oh, my and God. We heard Paul, Paul Ryan earlier. We're not going to play it. But Paul Ryan at one point uh, he's trying to explain <laughs> so what health care coverage is. And he says something to the effect of, well, you see how Obamacare works is all these really well people pay for all the sick people. And both of us just sat there like, yeah, that's how insurance works. That's how every insurance product works. The people who don't make claims put all their money into a big pool. And then less people than that yeah. make a claim. Yeah. And we use the money from the pool to pay for the people with the fucking claims. It's it's literally it's the way every insurance product ever has ever worked. I think he's trying to convince people that insurance is more like a health savings account when he's talking like that. Yeah, we were talking about this. Yeah. Like, yeah, because you had the point that, and I think you're right, that people confuse the idea like, well, I put my money over in this bucket, right? And I've got my money bucket. Yeah. And then when I need it, 
I'll reach into my money bucket that you're just fucking what holding for me. Yeah. He's making it sound like that's a bad thing. No, that's how it works. It's just structurally the thing. Well, and that's what you right. get when you commodify health, right? Yeah, I, right. You've, you've <laughs> created this system where we created a commodity out of our own health. Other countries don't even do this. Right. They're like, you know what? Everybody gets to be healthy. How's that? Huh? What a concept. What a crazy concept. Doesn't it also like, doesn't it also suggest that you will just always be healthy? Yeah. Like people are like, well, I don't want to have to pay. I'm I'm healthy now, really. And you just you're sure you're not going to get in a car accident tomorrow. You're sure you're not going to wake yeah. up and you have fucking chronic migraines. Sure. Or like like how do you prevent against these? Things? I smoked, I smoked for ten years. <clears throat> There's right. a good chance I'll get cancer later on in life sure. from that ten years of smoking. Yeah. Right? There's just you could wake up tomorrow and find out you have some fucking genetic disorder. And you know, I mean, what what would you do differently? It's not we. The, the other thing is like they they make it they make it seem like. All of the health issues that you are going to face in your life are the direct result of an action you took to not take good care of yourself. But there's so many, I mean, there's there's so many things that have nothing to fucking do with how well you took care of yourself. You just fucking like wake up and you have a fucking clotting disorder or something, yeah, right? Sure, yeah. And it's like, well, enjoy it. Yeah. I don't know. Fucking what'd you do? Well, I just fucking was made of DNA. You know, and one of the things that they say too that pisses me off is they keep saying the same line, which is the access. There's going to be tons of access. There's going to be tons of access, way more access than Obamacare. Access doesn't mean coverage. Access means, you know, I have fucking access to a Lamborghini right now. Sure, right. But I got fucking don't own a Lamborghini. It's like I could fucking mortgage my house and, you know, pay an, uh, you know, an amazing amount of money amortized over dozens of years <laughs> to get a Lamborghini right now, right? right? Yeah, I right. could. Yeah. I have access to one right fucking now. But that doesn't mean I have I have a fucking Lamborghini or would be able to get a Lamborghini. Right, right. It's a silly it's a silly way to say, oh yeah, uh, we're better than Obamacare. But you're not. You're not. You, you, you're. There's going to be less people covered. There's going to be uh, the tax breaks are going to be uh, disproportionate. What he's doing is he's going to there's a there's a there's one tax group that's going to pro- be that's going to profit off this. Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole bunch of other different people, the elderly and then the poor. Nobody's going to get any good stuff. Really, even the middle class, the middle class yeah. is getting screwed. You know, we don't have a healthcare system in this country. We just don't. Yeah. The healthcare system is like our living room system. You, can you buy a living room? Yeah. yeah well, then you get then one. You get one. Oh, what's our healthcare yeah. system? I don't well, it's know. It's the same money. as the Lamborghini right. system. It's, that's, there's no system. Yeah. There's nothing there. I hope it's it's the fuck. I hope I don't get sick system. Or fuck, I hope I get a good job and don't get to, you know, it's a, that's yeah. not a thing. Do you think homosexuality is a sin? I think that it's, uh, it's, 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 it's unnatural. I think that it's, it's, it's detrimental and uh, ultimately destructive to so many uh, of the foundations of civilization. Sister is from the Friendly Atheist blog. South Dakota bill lets Christian adoption agencies deny a child to gay, atheists, and single parents. So this is a bill that's uh, passed the Senate. It's waiting a vote from the House. Um, and it would allow faith-based foster care and adoption agencies to refuse service basically to whoever they don't like. And, the, and, and that read includes this, read this group, Tom. <clears throat> yeah. So here it is. Here's who doesn't get it. Who doesn't here's here are the people that are denied children, right? Gay couples, atheists, single parents, interfaith couples, and divorced people, Muslims, and, and any other group that may conflict with their strictly or sincerely held Jesus religious Christ. beliefs. Doesn't isn't one of their fucking sincerely held religious beliefs that kids are better raised with fucking families instead of in a fucking group home? Well, I mean, when when is that not when is that just not always preferable? How are they getting? I mean, because <clears throat> if they're getting to the group homes, these 
are these these uh, places, these faith-based foster care agencies, if they're getting to those through faith-based because the parents or whatever were faith-based, the faith hasn't helped the kid yet. Right. You know what I mean? It, the, all That's that faith point. in the world hasn't fucking helped this poor kid sitting on a bench looking super sad Shut in the story. Know. What about it's that? It's a shutter stock. Shutter stock the picture is just picture. like, it's like yeah. hey, guess what? So You're going to be filling that bench up in fucking <laughs> South Dakota. It's going to be a whole bunch of sad kids. No, but, you know, the faith hasn't helped yet. If that's what's happened, I don't know how these faith-based groups are getting a hold of the kids, but right. my suspicion is it has to do with the family, right? The family, you know, it's important to the family now. That's and a good then, point. You like, know, how do they end up I, I don't know how they end up there, but my suspicion is it has to do with where they're currently at. So that, if that's the case, then huh. the faith has not helped that kid at all in his life because he's in fucking foster care now. Yeah. Like it's actually, a, it's actually been bad for him. You know, here's the thing. Or her. They're in foster care if they're lucky. Yeah. Foster care is a step up from a state group home, from a, from a group home, right? right, right. From an institutionalized yeah, yeah, yeah. home. Yeah. That's a fucking huge step up. Yeah, yeah. You know? And this also brings up to... How many times do we hear these Christians? We're being persecuted. We're being attacked. We're always being attacked for our beliefs. We're being attacked. We're being attacked. Tell me that's an attack on every single one of those groups. Right. How do you fucking, how, how do you live with the cognitive dissonance of that? Just that fact. Every single thing you want to pass into law is an attack on someone else. And when people say, stop attacking us, you're like, you're attacking me for attacking you. <laughs> I look at this list and it's like, they would refuse service to me because I'm an atheist, single parent, and I'm divorced. Yeah. I'm a fucking triple whammy on you this just, motherfucker. You just pulled the fucking thing and got three cherries. I got a hat trick. <laughs> three right? bars. That's like, that's like three touchdowns in a row bars. or something. <laughs> <laughs> you pulled it, you got the money symbol because all the money just flows right out now. But, but, <laughs> I'll tell you what I got. I got fucking three lemons. That's what I fucking got. And I said, reach up and feel it. And she did. And as she rubbed her hand over her cheek, when she moved it away, you could see God had grown the bone right under her hand. Praise the Lord. This is from the progressive secular atheist blogs. I'm a little uncomfortable with this one. This is super, super strange. So, um, so this is Christian youth pastor. Okay. So let's just, let's just set it up as someone at a Christian youth pastor thing where there's a bunch, I guess, a, of Christian youth pastors or a bunch of people watching a youth pastor talk in the middle of this big group of people, right? So he's giving a speech. He's clearly on stage in this. And he says this, and someone in the audience who is clearly probably a believer, I would imagine a believer, right. you don't go to one right. of these things if you're not, he, was this so was like, uncomfortable. Don't fuck. They recorded this. So here goes. Oh, God, it's so weird. Please fill me. Okay, so the music itself is reminiscent of, I don't even know, like, like it feels like the Close it's, Encounters music yeah, or something. it's weirdly ominous, yeah. right? It, it is pretty ominous. It's weirdly ominous. Yeah. Let you, I want you to pray. Let's pray it out loud. Let's not be scared. Let's pray it out loud. Daddy, please fill me. Don't let me miss you. I want you. So weird. You know all these people are looking around. And wondering if their phone is open to like their incest porn they were looking at. <laughs> okay, no. Okay, I'm good. Uh, I'm fine. safe. I'm safe. Yeah, the Eli Bosnick story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that except for just fucking weird. It reminds me of when we took that quiz a while back. Right. And it was Fifty Shades of Grey or a worship song. And it was, you know, like the Newsboys lyric or was it Fifty Shades was, of Grey? Yeah, right. And it was, you know, 
we I I did terrible on that quiz. It was super weird. And there was, was only I think I only got one right, and it was because <laughs> you gave me a hint. And that tells you how creepy and weird and sort of you know in a lot of ways hypersexual these lyrics are in these songs. And that's just the songs. Here's a guy who's you know on stage. Daddy, please fill me. I'm, it's like, I can't fill you, but I can, well, you know, fill is a strong yeah, term. Yeah, I mean, is, I, is a fill? Pinchkey filled? Because <laughs> if it is, then I can fill you. No. <laughs> I'm just looking for a small one. We need the lemon cream. <laughs> and the point that the psalmist is making is when a nation sacrifices innocent children in abortion or infanticide, that is a sacrifice to demons. It's like food for demons, using that expression metaphorically. What I mean by that is that act of the shedding of innocent blood, the most innocent among us, it empowers satanic forces. This story comes from IndiePolitics.org. Abortion reversal bill. Indiana House rejects science. Um, so we've talked about this abortion reversal thing a long time ago. I don't know if you happen to remember, but... Um, this is not what I thought it was because so, I thought it, I thought it was more like a t-shirt gun. <laughs> I did not think that it was what they were talking about. So the idea here, let me just, let me just go through this crazy fucking idea here. The idea here is that if somebody, um, has a medical abortion, which is a procedure that's available in the first seven weeks, you get two medications, 48 hours, uh, prior to induce abortion. So there, there's this idea that if you take a bunch of progesterone, Afterwards, so in other words, you get you get the, uh, the the medication to induce an abortion, and then you decide you want to take these backsies. Yeah, um, and you take a bunch of progesterone, then you're you reverse the abortion. That's that's the idea. But there's like no credible science here at all. The the only science um, is a handful of doctors that self-reported that yeah, I did this and it totally worked. <laughs> that's it. That's really it. Like, that's what they write in this fucking article. It's like, there's like yeah. two or three doctors and like, yeah, I, you know, I fucking threw a bunch of progesterone down these as, as if to suggest that this happens with like a frequency that people are like, I want an abortion. No, I don't. And then there's like yeah, enough of exactly. that where you yeah, study it. Like, uh, kind of changed my mind. Right. Um, so Indiana passed the house bill 54 to 41 um, saying that this house bill, which is house bill 1128, um, it says that abortion providers are required to basically tell them about this option. Yeah. But the problem is that the option isn't really an option. Yeah. There's no evidence that it works. Like yeah. the evidence that it works is a couple of guys said, give it a whirl. Yeah. They That's also, the fucking evidence. They also have to sing the abortion to sleep. <laughs> it's <another thing> <laughs> <laughs> just sing like a fucking <laughs> lullaby to your... You have to read this book. <laughs> Good night, moon. <laughs> I always thought a reverse abortion was Stone Cold Steve was Stone Cold Steve Austin's finishing move. Oh, I love it. A reverse. No, that's the Undertaker I'm thinking of. <laughs> you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. This story from Right Wing Watch. Dave Dobbenmeyer, the coach. A coach. Not a coach. Not a coach. <laughs> not a coach. Not a coach. <laughs> not actually a coach. Fired from being a coach. Yeah. Not was a it coach. Was it because his son was into kitty porn or? No. Strangely enough, he got fired for a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what, when you can weather that storm, yeah. you still fuck up, yeah. right? You fucked your Jesus. world. Uh, Dave Dalmeyer isn't going to take advice from Rachel Maddow. Huh. 
who I don't know is giving him advice, who doesn't even know she's supposed to love a man. Supposed to. Supposed to. Somebody's got a case of the supposed to. All right. So here's uh, Dave. Da coach. Not a coach. Da coach. Not a coach. (laughs) Dobbin Meyer. Here we go. Uh, This is him talking to a bunch of fucking schmucks on his uh, little podcast thon So I listen, I ain't, a, I ain't some old corn poke. <laughs> yeah, beg to differ. Yeah, beg to differ. Uh, when we look at the tag in the back, <laughs> it clearly says, wash gently, corn poke. Yeah, check your underpants. Your mom wrote corn poke. That's it uh, right there. That's it. You got a corn shit stain poke. on your fucking drawers and your mom wrote corn poke. I like it's like I'm not just some corn poke. No, no you're the corn you're, poke. You're a very special snowflake corn poke. Right. There's a definite article. You are the corn poke. You can think that if you want to. Okay, I do. I do. Thank you. I'll match my degrees with yours. Yeah. Your degrees are listed nowhere. Yeah, Nobody can find match your degrees. We looked. Yeah. yeah. Mine's first of all, mine's ninety-eight point six. Yeah. That's <laughs> I love it when somebody's like, you know, you can match the thing I paid a lot of money for that really pretty much anybody can get. Show up and do the work (laughs) and keep paying the registrar and you'll also have one of these. (laughs) Yep. standard. I I went to college with a dumb fuck I was I used to work with who used to tell me that I did too much work in college. He's like, C's get degrees, man. What are you doing all that? Why are you reading even reading that book? I went to a guy. Oh I went to college God. with a guy who said that. Like, there's and there's a that's not that's an not unusual thing, yeah, right? There's a bunch of people who are just like, yeah, man, why are you trying to better yourself? Yeah, a degree is not necessarily a sign of your intellectual acumen, right? And a lack of a degree is also not a sign of a lack of intellectual exactly. acumen, right? Mm-hmm. I'll be glad. To, I'd love to get on there with that man, woman, man. What's her name? Uh, what on MSNBC? On what MSNBC? <laughs> I love to get on with that man, woman, man, woman. He's just mad because he wants to get up on that woman. <laughs> That's what this this whole rant. This is, this is a minute long rant, and I'm going to summarize it before it happens. It's called "I've Got the Hots for Rachel Maddow <laughs> So Fucking Hard," right? He is. This is all this is about. This yeah. guy is just fucking sexually frustrated, fucking jerking off to the Rachel Maddow show and the fucking loneliness of his <laughs> depressing fucking life, sitting in his shitty fucking worn out Barco lounger with his fucking shitty fucking ashtray with the fucking sand in the bottom and his, of it. And his pump of Jergens lotion right? next to him, uh, <laughs> surrounded by a used Kleenex. Fuck, he's got like a <laughs> shitty case of chafe dick fucking watching MSNBC, pretending he doesn't yeah. know her. He's been he's been fake hate fucking Maddow for years <laughs> at this point. Matt, I'd love to get on with that with that dude. Oh, <laughs> oh you're edgy. You're so edgy. Oh, oh, mixed up the gender, oh, the comedic effect. <laughs> look at you, man. Buddy. Oh, oh. God, he's so clever. What a clever. Because she's got short hair. Yeah, it's because she has short hair. I think that's, that's it. Why that he I bet her vagina he doesn't her. work. <laughs> hey, he doesn't. Mad out. Hey, Rachel, you listening? No, no she's got other no. things to do. She wouldn't even pu- fucking put an intern on this. Right? <laughs> she doesn't even care about you. Slowly pressing a uh. fucking dull pencil through her eyeball <laughs> would be a better use of her time. Like fucking slow, too. Just, yeah, she's oh, yeah. holding it there yeah, exactly. until, until she can feel yeah. the fucking orb actually yeah. depress Dep- before popping. <laughs> and then leak fluid right? onto her cheek. Yeah. She would rather fucking drink that fucking eye fluid in a smoothie. <laughs> Then listen she to this did, fucking she's guy. She's doing shots of her own ocular fluid. 
before she pays a one iota of attention to you. Iota. Uh, nice. Uh, I, I punned myself. I'm supposed to take advice from you, and you don't even know that you're supposed to love a man? You don't even know you're supposed to like fuck sticks? <laughs> you don't know you're supposed to like penises? Your penises are supposed to go in vaginas? You don't even know that? <laughs> You know what's so awesome is this fucking moron doesn't realize that lesbians fucking put things in their vaginas, right? He doesn't even realize. He's so fucking stupid. He doesn't even realize. You know what they're not going to put in there is your pathetic tiny little penis. Right, his daddy that shriveled one. up yeah, old man dick with his fucking gray ass fucking pubes fucking gray around. ass balls. <laughs> they're not going to look at you and shame your tiny cock, okay? That's not what they're going to do. They're going to pay attention to each other. And that's what he wants too. Like he wants, he's just like, can you just make fun of it? Can you just, can you tell me how small and fucking pathetic and shitty it is? Can you just, it never does anything. Can you just fucking step on the head of it a little bit? (laughs) Fucking grind your heel. (laughs) Fucking ridiculous shame. Fucking filth, man. You don't even have that figured out yet. You're supposed to give me advice about the world. You're, You're telling me that you're on MSNBC and you're giving advice to the world and you don't even know who you're supposed to love. Oh, who are they supposed to love? What it fucking does it have to go through a fucking like a three signature process that right. you're the fucking final signatory? It's like a love triplicate. Like it's just gotta break. be like Did I did I pass the committee? Is it am I is it okay? How many I think I like to, this person, but I don't know. I have to ask you who they should love. I ask him. Well, yeah, I write them letters. I just want you to know I'm for the love party letters. of small government, but I'm going to tell you who you need to love. Right. So uh, small government, huh, guys? Huh? Less Anybody? taxes? Huh? Right. Are you with me? Are you ki- Are you kidding me? You don't even know how plumbing works. Mm, I feel <laughs> like plumbing's not. We're going to the plumbing I don't thing. Know that we're going to do the plumbing thing. There we go. Just because she has short hair doesn't mean she's a plumber. This guy is just upset because somebody stretched out his O-ring she's and he's still not recovered. Rachel Maddow isn't a tradeswoman. Okay. <laughs> he's also upset because just like a plumber, he has to pay somebody a hundred dollars an hour to fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you got to be kidding me, right? And that you're the smart one and I'm the dumb one. Yes. She is much smarter than you. Yes. No, hold on. She is much smarter than you. Uh, Tell me, tell tell me I'm wrong here, right? You're wrong. You're so wrong. You are a fucking insignificant flea compared to her intellect. (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? There's no amount of trauma she could sustain. (laughs) No amount. (laughs) Right. Literally. There's, there's, there is like, like the maximum amount of trauma a human being can sustain. She could be fucking atomized. Yeah. She could be she could be fucking hit by every weapon ever created in all of the history of time and still overpower him like a baby. Yeah, she could be vivisected <laughs> and then they could slice her brain micron thick and put it on plates. And that would be smarter than the coach, a coach, not a coach, not a coach. Yeah. So we are joined by Marissa Alexa McCool, the author of The PC Lie and the one of the hosts of the Inciting Incident podcast. Marissa, thanks for joining us tonight. So nice to talk to you guys again. It's been a while. It has. Thanks for coming on the show. So uh, you, you recently put out The PC Lie. Um, it, it's uh, The PC Lie, How American Voters Decided I Don't Matter. 
Um, and I, you know, my, my favorite part of just even looking at the book is the back. Cause I feel like this all the time. What the <laughs> fuck just happened? Is this real? Did this really just take place? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I love, I love that. I, yeah. I feel like that's the, that's the best back cover of any book that I've seen recently. <laughs> it perfectly encapsulates the fucking shock and awe that I've been feeling. I'm sure you have as well. So tell us, why did you write this book? Prior to the election, I had come out public as transgender uh, by yelling in the face of a hate preacher that had showed up to our school several times and wasn't just, you know, holding placards or holding a microphone, was like following down kids and harassing them and berating them. There's an area that's public of our campus. It's called Locust Walk. It's where the, you know, the admissions hall and all that stuff is. And technically it's considered public space. So the, these, guys, these guys would come in there every day with their, their homos or evil shirts and everything. And they're adorning all these anti-sexual uh, posters and everything on Ben Franklin, which just shows the fact that they've never read more than one book. No kidding. <laughs> everybody knows Ben Franklin <laughs> fucked anything with legs. So one day uh, I was listening to him protest and I decided to start trolling him because I just sort of had one of those epiphanies that was like, this guy is a clown. I give absolutely no fucks what he thinks. And long story short, I came out by screaming in his face, I'm transgender, fuck you. And it was just like this, this moment for me that everything was liberated in those four words because Trump went to the school that I'm about to graduate from. So everything that went on with Trump was magnified. You know, it'd be like anytime he sent out a tweet, uh, you know, the media would be on campus. What do Penn students think about Donald Trump? What do they think about how he said this? Did he really graduate in 1968? And <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> so pretty, pretty much it was just we got more Trump than anybody, even Trump. So, I mean, we couldn't escape it. That's horrible. I, I, I'm curious. So that's when you came out as right. transgender. Mm -hmm. um, how long? I mean, did you know your whole life that you were transgender and then you just... So, so tell me a little bit about that. I'm curious about that. Did you know your whole life that you were transgender? At what point did you make that realization? And, and when did you realize you had to make that realization more public? Was it, was it in that very heated exchange with the hate preacher or had you, had you been thinking about it for some time? Well, um, there's a couple answers in there. So I'll start with the fact that I knew I was different, but I didn't know what transgender was until my twenties. So was I transgender my whole life? Probably. I just didn't know that was a thing because okay. I, I was always like really feminine. Uh, my parents were my parents were convinced I was gay. So, I mean, they weren't that far off. Okay. Um, you know, I, I was the kind of kid like they thought something was wrong with me because I never got holes in my jeans or anything like that. And the one time I did, I came home and thought I was in super big trouble and they just were relieved. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in my teens and girls started putting makeup on me in high school because I had long hair and I always bonded with girls way better than I did with most guys. And I did that until I got beat up one too many times and I just kind of buried it until I was about 18 when a girl asked me to pretend to be her girlfriend, Marissa, and it just stuck. So that was about when I was 18. But for the longest time, I thought I was a drag queen because growing up, that was all we knew for that general yeah, sure, idea. Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, outside of being like punchlines in Ace Ventura, we just there just wasn't that representation outside of like the Rocky Horror Picture Show or really niche 
underground things like that. But it was it was I was about 25 when I tried to come out in a secular Facebook group by saying that I was trans uh, uh, crossdresser. And a person I knew sent me a message that said, I don't think that's you. Uh, you know, crossdressers are generally uh, people who identify as male, but just wear women's clothes. Sometimes it seems more like that's actually who you are and you're learning how to express it. And I was like, yeah. So I started to come out very, very slowly. And unfortunately, the first time I tried to come out, as I wrote about in the book, I was sexually assaulted twice in one week. So I kind of... Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, once in my own house and once at a bar, I was uh, roofied. So uh, like those two experiences sort of made me bury it for a very long time. But then in 2016, I... I decided to build it up really, really slowly because I think my biggest mistake was that I rushed it because the euphoria was so strong. I had spent my whole life denying all of these feelings, all of these interests I had, all the ways I wanted to express myself merely to protect who I was. Because, you know, you, when you're a, when you're a guy in society, if you are really excited about things or really happy or really flamboyant, I guess is a way to put it you become a target. And I tried to avoid that except within close groups of friends. So, you know, it was in July that I went on hormones, but even then I was sort of what, what trans people call stealthing it. I was hiding it. And then in that moment with pa the pastor, that was sort of my public screaming out. And then Trump got elected and it was six days after the election. I had just come back from Fort Lauderdale by, for, for doing a photo shoot for a friend that weekend. And I just started ranting on the computer. Like during class, I'm just, you know, steamroll typing. And I type hard. So that's saying something. And I looked down and I had 30 pages that started Holy with. Cow. Yeah. Yeah. It's the first chapter I wrote without even paying attention. And I was like, shit, I could make a book out of this. So I wrote the, I wrote the whole book in nine days. And, you know, got Chris Cluey to do the forward, uh, Eli, um, Andrew Torres, and pretty much put out an open call for anyone who wanted to say something just because it was such an unbelievable, surreal time that I, I almost needed the reassurance that it wasn't just us in the atheist podcast community that were going crazy. Because, right. you know, I listened to you guys, especially, you know, during the 100 Days episode that you did and all of the... Uh, the previews, like you two, Thomas and Noah and Eli and all them, like sort of kept me grounded because uh, for for an openly queer, trans, obvious person, you know, I'm six foot three with purple hair. I'm not blending in anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just it was good to have that reassurance of you're not the only one who was like, what the fuck is going on here? And ever since then, I've just been yelling louder and louder because they've, you know, especially with the, the whole bathroom bullshit, they have made it their mission to fuck with us. So I'm doing all I can as one of the lucky ones, as one of the few trans people that has thousands of people supporting them every single day because I know how many out there aren't. And are hearing all this bullshit and are, you know, being threatened with who they are and can't even come out, let alone in public on a Facebook video that thousands of people have seen. So has this changed uh, your podcasts, like the theme and the and the and the movement forward on your podcast at all? Oh, yeah. Um, 
you know, w- back when you guys were on the show, we didn't really know what we were doing yet. Uh, we were still sort of feeling out somewhere between like film and entertainment. It's kind of like the same thing that happened with you guys. You just found, yeah, yeah. you know, I, right. a lot of people have drawn comparisons to that where you, you, you did the film thing for a while, but talking about social issues is where you started grabbing people. And I had the same thing. But once I came out on episode 70, it was like the whole narrative changed. I mean, there was always that element of, holy shit, we need to pay attention to these things. But now, not only are we, I feel, discussing a lot more intense emotional topics, but the people who are coming on seem to have a different level of resonance with it. We really need to do all that we can before they try to get rid of us as opposed to, you know, let's see what happens. Let's see if they're going to stop here. People like me, people like Callie, Ari, you know, those of us in the in the LGBT community, especially the trans community, we don't have the luxury of being able to wait and see what happens. And that's one of the things that happened. And we were doing a live stream, the live stream in the election night, we were doing a live stream. And one of the things that I said that night was, well, let's see what happens. Let's see. Well, let's see how this goes, because I'm always kind of a glass half full kind of guy. You know, I'm like, okay, well, let's see how bad this is. I, you know, let's not jump to so many conclusions. And a bunch of people jumped on right away and said, hey, you're not part of a minority group. Like, you're going to be fine. Right. But let, let me understand our perspective. We're in a minority group. We are we're not in a in a group that is going to be in power. And we've already seen him walk back the bathroom bill, um, you know, so and, you know, he's going back, I guess, on some of the things that he had said that he wasn't going to do. Uh, so, you know, there is some pr- there's pressure there right now. And it's pressure that Tom and I won't ever understand. Right. I feel like with that kind of pressure, but with the kind of privilege I have. I owe it to the other people to be as loud as I possibly can, even when it puts me at personal risk. So that's why I've been doing what I've been doing, especially with the book. That was sort of the beginning of my real activism. Well, it's not just the book, too. You're going to have a live show as well. Yeah. Uh, Out here in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, which is uh, about 20 minutes from where I live, uh, we're getting almost a mini convention of podcasters out here. And you guys are certainly welcome to come if you can make it. Uh, we're having our hundredth episode in a big theater, uh, the same oh, wow. theater, the same theater that Aiden and I got married in. And, oh, that's great! Uh, yeah, it's it, it means a lot to us because we were both out to each other when we got married, but we weren't out to everybody who was there. So now to sort of have this event that coincides with you know the hundredth episode of the podcast, uh, it'll be one day after my one year anniversary of being on hormones and it'll be just short of a month of our one year anniversary. So it's all these things coalescing into a a celebration of everything that we've gone through and how much we have left to go. I'm, I'm friends with the, the scathing atheist guys, you know, they don't live too far from here. I asked them and you know, they'll drive down. Uh, but the Andrew was going to come regardless because he's my, lawyer so you know he was gonna, he was gonna come <laughs> but um callie came out to see us about a week ago and she's gonna come out and i believe ari is gonna join and then uh chris cluey and thomas smith are both gonna fly out for the show too oh, wow. so oh, that's awesome. when is it when is it gonna be it's july 14th um like i said it's in carlisle pennsylvania we we have the event set up uh, on our on our Facebook page, we'll put a link on this week's show notes. Absolutely, um, this is episode three forty eight. So we'll put a link to that 
on this week's show notes. So people, if they're interested in going, it sounds like there's going to be a ton of people uh, there as well as a, a, a great podcast that they get a chance to to enjoy a hundredth episode of. Well, thank, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, I, I want to ask you a question about, about sort of um, your experience within our community. So one of the things I... I noticed about your book is you've got, um, you know, the, the last 70 pages or so are essays, mm-hmm. um, give or take, by, by a number of different people, including some prominent people, as you mentioned, that are within our community. And there's a, there's a number of people within our community that are coming out to support you as well. Yes. Um, how, what's your experience been um, within the atheist community as, as an openly transgendered person? Uh, mostly positive. Uh, I I am still in disbelief at the positivity I have received from a majority of the atheist community, especially within the atheist. Except Cecil, right? Well, yeah, Except- of course. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know. I know. I've been here's the thing, Chris. I've been talking to him about this. I, I mean, it's just I don't know. I'm sorry. I just I'm sorry. It's just how I was brought up. I just you know the the only negative things I have found aren't people like being openly transphobic, although that certainly does happen even within the atheist community. Uh, it's more that they treat us like a, no- not, e- not even a novelty, but I believe the words Bill Maher used was a boutique issue. It's almost a, like they're saying, well, we have bigger things to worry about. You know, all this stuff going on, we really don't need to be worrying about where you have to go to the bathroom. That's just stupid. And we're sitting there going, yeah, it is stupid that we have to have this stupid fight. Right. You know, we we, we use the bathroom we leave just like everybody else. And because conservatives lost the damn gay marriage fight, they're coming after us and even more marginalized community that most people in the country don't understand so within the atheist community i have found them more than welcoming like when when i was out at your live show uh you know with you know lucinda and i basically become besties but uh there were so many people of your your fans noah's fans both fans like people coming up to me and they knew who i was and i can't imagine that ever happening even six months before that but I realized, you know, being on God Awful Movies, going out on a ton of podcasts to, to talk about the book, but more to talk about trans visibility and the fact that I'm open to answering most questions that trans people shouldn't have to answer has made it a different experience for me in mostly positive ways. Even people who are who would consider themselves open minded are like, you know, Riss, I didn't know any trans people before you like it's not like i was transphobic or anything but now that i have a human face and a story and someone who's willing to answer those awkward questions i i understand it better and for some reason i just have a way of being able to capture the essence of it even though i am in a position of privilege where i have so many people supporting me so i just try to do the best i can to bring those issues to more uh, visibility within the community and outside of the community as well, because I'm secure enough in it that if I deal with a few assholes, it's not going to be as big of a deal as it would for somebody who might have to deal with that shit every day. It's interesting. Um, we, we were talking about the Christians earlier and how they sort of shifted their focus from the what they would consider the gay agenda to now the trans going after trans people. And I really think it's very strategic on their part because I feel like if they they're they feel like they're slipping off the cliff, right? Mm-hmm. That people are are much more libertarian in their views about uh, sexuality these days and gender identity. 
and they don't care. You look at the younger groups of people don't care about this sort of thing at all. And I feel like what they're trying to do is find one foothold. And if they can marginalize your group, which is a tiny group, admittedly a small group mm-hmm. of people, they can then get that foothold that they lost when they were sort of trying to marginalize the gay population. And I feel like, you know, it's a very strategic way yeah. for them to go after a smaller group to say, look, we said this stuff was wrong. Look, you guys agreed with us about them. Now we can now we have our foothold and we can go after the larger other groups that we want to marginalize as well because it goes against their, you know, 2,000-year-old holy book. <laughs> well, I've noticed it, it isn't just that it goes against their holy book. It goes against their very idea of what masculinity is supposed to be. That's the most toxic thing I find in these arguments is that some you know, they, they generally leave trans men out of it, which is stupid because they should not be left out of this equation, but it's trans women that are thought of as, you know, the Hmm. dudes in the dresses or the ones who are supposedly going to molest kids, you know. And it's because we directly uh, forget our privilege. We we downgrade. We we have something inherently that we say, no, I don't want that. And we go in the opposite direction of what a lot of these people think is supposed to be the patriarchal responsibility of being a father, a husband, a breadwinner, a leader, a protector. We do the opposite. And there's something that infuriates them about that beyond their religious offense of what God made us and God doesn't make mistakes. It's, I don't understand why you would you know, be born into a male's body but not want to take all the advantages of that. So it exposes their shitty philosophy on multiple levels. That's really interesting. It's really fascinating. It took took me a second to to process it. It's really fascinating, though. (laughs) And it's interesting. You're right. They're giving up their own privilege. And, you know, you're giving up your own privilege in a way. And that makes them mad. Maybe it makes them feel guilty of their privilege. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, right? Like, like it it highlights it for them, right? In a way that they can't uh, comfortably sort of deny. Sure, sure. And I think it's interesting, too, that, like, it threatens their masculinity, right? Because it threatens what masculinity and femininity traditionally look like and how we how we determine those things yeah and when you can't control the way somebody acts the best way to try to combat that is to mess with their situation and make them more uncomfortable and even though trans visibility is higher than it's ever been there the the rhetoric alone that they have that we're you know gonna sneak into restrooms and go after little girls because for some reason the only reason that they care about women and children being raped is if a trans woman's in the room you know uh if brock turner goes in there well you know she was just asking for it but if it's <laughs> us you know. do you do you think that the the trans visibility is a direct result though of the attack like you know because because trans issues just weren't something that i was at all familiar with just even a handful of years ago and now that it, it, it seems like the more noise in opposition that there is, the more the visibility of the trans community climbs. And so I wonder if there's not, you know, kind of a, an inverse relationship there. I think you're right. Uh, but the biggest thing that really got it started as terrible of a person as she is, is Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, the whole thing over Caitlyn Jenner brought eyes to the situation in at least acknowledging that it was a thing. And like I said, I first tried to come out in 2014 and despite the shitty, you know, edgelord we have for a president, I have found the difference is it's like two different worlds. When I when I tried to come out in 2014, even people in the atheist community were saying, you're not a girl, you're a man. This is stupid. And, you know, 
And <laughs> by contrast, I was in two productions of the, of the vagina monologues in the last month and nobody said a word about it. So it's just been part of me wishes I had done this years ago, but I'm fortunate that the second time I tried to come out, even though it's in the time of Trump, is in a social climate where, yes, the, the conversation got started with both Caitlyn Jenner and with the bathroom discussion. And yeah. it, it, sure, it did inflame a lot of douchebag opinions. It did get a lot of people spewing hatred, but so did the gay marriage fight. And in 11 years, sure. it's yeah. national law. So yep. there yep. are those of us who are going to have to deal with the shit so that hopefully in 10 years, it can be just as no big deal as being gay yeah. is. It's just as normalized at that point. Sure. Yeah. And that's what they fear. You know, well, uh, well, okay. So recently, um, Sam Harris had a conversation with a man named David Frum, mm -hmm. uh, and it was on a pod. It was on Sam Harris's podcast, and I listened to the podcast. And one of the things that David Frum said, and David Frum, I, to be honest, I followed David's career for a long time, and I really do think he has a lot of good things to say. I wasn't crazy about this portion, though. He made a comment about how the New York Times had several trans. Uh, trans issues on their front page, and he and he listed how many there were in like the last year before Trump was elected. And it's his contention as well as Sam Harris's contention that identity politics are the reason why Trump got elected. Yeah. And David Frum is saying that you know like we're paying too much attention to this small marginalized group. What do you think about that sort of thing? When when like David Frum and other people like when prominent atheists like Sam Harris would would say something like that. Well, Sam Harris isn't even the only one because Bill Maher is the one that's really been the loudest about it. And it pisses me off because at least in the liberal side of things for a long time, it was usually them going to marginalized groups and saying, you come with us, you stand with us, you're part of us. But now all of a sudden, because Trump got elected, it's like, oh, it's your fault because you assume the right to be a person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Sorry. Yeah, if you could stop that, that yeah. would be... Guys, it's been inconvenient. We now have Trump. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. The, the shittiest thing about it is that they blame us for the election of Trump when they forget that conservatives started this argument, we defended ourselves, and then they blamed us for doing yeah. that, yeah. and liberals went, yeah, it's kind of shitty, trans people. You should just yeah. stop that. You guys should stop right? talking. You guys <laughs> yeah. should stop existing and or talking. Can you right. do both of those things? Yeah, because yeah, you know what we did before that was a discussion? We used the bathroom we identified yeah. with all the fucking time and nobody gave a shit. I can't imagine. Like, I can't imagine going to the bathroom and looking at another person. Like, that's right. the thing is, right? When I walk into the bathroom... No one else exists but me. I right. walk to the I walk to the urinal. I look straight ahead. And if somebody <laughs> comes next to me, I pretend they don't exist right. until yeah. I leave. You you observe the one urinal buffer rule. Yeah. Right? That's the one thing you do. Of the time. 100 of the time. So you walk in. Yeah. You, you make sure. Am I going to be able to observe the one hundred? The, the, you the one you urinal can. buffer you rule. You can. Sometimes you can't. If not, you look up. You look you know, up. You look up. You never you, you look know, sideways. You, no, so it's not. So it's I not don't even you know. Like you I don't even look down. You don't even look down. It could be a trans man. I wouldn't know. Right. I yeah. could be peeing on a rat. How and would I, I have not? No idea. Like I'm not looking at anything. Possible. You. I don't go into the bathroom and look at other. I don't, I don't even look at myself in the mirror I when I wash my hands. Afraid. I close my eyes. Yeah. And run randomly <laughs> until I find a door. 
Yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> when, I, when I was still using the men's room, you know, if you saw all the urinals were taken, you're like, fuck it, I'll go to another one. Like, that's, you know, yeah. you don't, I'll leave the building. <laughs> yeah. I'll just, I'll just leave the building. I don't care. There's always that one, like, bucked up urinal in the corner that nobody's yeah. taking. It's a full four inches short. Yeah, right. Yeah, right? The kid's that's urinal, that's yeah. the one you have to pull your pants down your yeah. ankles like, like a little kid to use. So you fucking bare ass is hanging out. You don't have to, but I do. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Also, you can air your balls out at the same and this time. This is why <laughs> I don't look at other people <laughs> in the restroom. Everybody put that ice against since that rule exists. If anybody says anything, why are you looking? Wow, what's wrong what? with you, bro? Yeah. What? Yeah. The fuck, why are you staring at my fucking buck naked ass? <laughs> fuck oh, yeah. you. And there's that, there's really that reversal of uh, the rhetoric when, okay, so uh, one of the people I went to see in Tampa is, I wouldn't call her masculine looking, but she's definitely not a femme girl. And she's cis. And she was in Target one day. And all of a sudden, this woman is peering through the crack at her. And what? it's like, yeah, like to like, check and see if she has a vagina. Yes. Ma'am. She, ma'am. <laughs> ma'am. I'm sorry. Ma'am. I have to do the finger test. Yeah, right. <laughs> vagina test. I have to squeeze your genitals like an orange. <laughs> to make sure. All right. Uh, which bathroom? Right. Uh, go ahead and grab her by the pussy. Yeah. We'll see you. <laughs> make sure there if, is one. Make sure there is one. If, if there is one and it sees its shadow, there's six more weeks to winter. You know? <laughs> and uh, so, this, so this old woman is staring at her. Go, what the fuck are you doing? And she says, you know, I just wanted to make sure you weren't one of those trans freaks. Fuck and up. It's, and it's like, woman, you are the sexual assaulter. Yes. You're the one looking yes. at someone through a door yep. in an, in a fucking bathroom. Yep. You are sexually assaulting people. You know, that's uh, how and, is that okay? And for women, it's a non-issue because you go in your own little room You're in a as box. a woman. The thing I constantly tell people is even if you don't understand what it is that trans women go through, even if you have no idea what that's like, understand that. In certain situations, I have to find a girlfriend or two and say, can you please go to the bathroom with me? In my own fucking country, sometimes in my own campus, I have to go, I don't feel safe right now. Please come to the bathroom with me to make sure no one fucks with me. And I go to an Ivy League liberal super bubble school. That's insane. The, the one personal experience I usually I like to refer to when when this issue comes up, the night that I was sexually assaulted in a bar by someone who tried to roofie and, and you know, touch me and get me out of that bar. Uh, I previously in that night used a single door bathroom with another woman and nobody got molested. But the both of us got roofied that night. And some reason nobody's talking about that unless it's Bill Cosby. <laughs> right, <laughs> which it could have been. That's, I mean, to be fair, it could have been. Yeah. But you know, I, I didn't hear any, uh, you know, weird laughs about Jello while I was starting right. to pass out. So if you I, wake up sticky with pudding pop yeah. all over you, <laughs> you, have, if you have a possible stick in somewhere. Then you know. <laughs> Is it before or after there's the piece of trivia on it? You know, Bill Cosby was the star of whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Man, my vagina's cold. That's weird. (laughs) So, so Riss, if people were going to find your podcast and buy your book, where would they go? Well, uh, RissMcCool.com, R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L. That has sort of my portfolio. Uh, pretty much everything I do, my my podcast, my blog, my column, and my next book coming out, which is called False Start, and it's a novel. 
about what it was but what it's like in general to be an LGBT person in a small conservative town uh, that I'm trying to get it out by reason con. So hopefully oh, wow. it'll be out by then. Uh, yeah, I wrote it in January. I, I did one of those uh, writing month things. So I'm going to have another one to sell at reason con. So if you're coming to reason con, I will have two of my books available, but uh, I'm going to try to make false start first available for people at reason con. Um, for our podcast, uh, it's incitingincident.libsyn.com or incitingincidentpodcast.com. It posts both there or any app, you know, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, all those. Um, if you want to buy my book, it's available on Amazon. Or if you want a personalized copy, you can email me at riscmcwriting at gmail.com. Good for you. Yeah. We can't wait to meet, we can't wait to run into you and, and have a drink with you down at ReasonCon. It Absolutely. should be a great time. We look forward to seeing you again and we'll be sending people to uh to if you want to find out anything about uh Riss's book or Riss's podcast, go to episode 348 in the show notes. Riss, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. So we want to thank uh our newest patrons. We want to thank Brendan. Mother is not pleased. That's so weird. Devin Vanderhuge. I love it. Which is a throwback to MST3K. President Trump's monoatomic gold tie. Nice. Photosynthesis. That's I love photosynthesis. That's very clever. That's so fun. Bigly. <laughs> love it. Brian. I'm going to say Bjorn. I can't tell because Megan copied and pasted this and there's two paragraph symbols. In I don't know what that is. It's all fucking umlauts. I don't or know. It's I don't like know what all that is. I'm saying Bjorn, Colin, Pam, Mr. Amoeba, and my new favorite, Ritlock Brimstone. Ritlock, I'll see you in Queensdale, friend. I can't do this. I can't do... What is this? What is it's a this? Guild Wars 2 reference. Ritlock Brimstone's one of the characters. Ritlock Wars. Brimstone is going to be my porn name. <laughs> I'm going to take that... Like you better the room. grow some hair. I better grow a bigger <laughs> dick. <laughs> they got prosthesis. So yeah, right. Fair enough. Yeah. You can just be one of those small dick guys that gets girls off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be that Dave Dobbin Meyer shame yeah, porn. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, no, step on the tip, Rachel. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, I don't. I don't Actually, want that. no, don't. That's not what don't. Ritlock Brimstone yeah. also, does. Also, Rachel Maddow would not look at you as a thing no. to look at. Because you're a guy, not just because you're you. I mean, you're already disgusting, but you're also a man. So. Man, I got a fucking two yeah. strikes against me. <laughs> so we got a message from Casey. And Casey wanted to ask us what source can we suggest, a credible source that they can give to their dad, who is a Fox News and Jim Baker and Donald Trump sort of person. Uh, and we don't think that a single source is a good idea. Yeah, that's the problem, right? You don't want to fight single source thinking with single source thinking. You know, it just encourages somebody to place all of their trust in one news outlet. So um, you, you just can't do that. It's just it's about yeah. vetting. Yeah. Yeah. So give them multiple sources. And uh, and I think multiple sources are more convincing. Right. Mar Marsh taught me that. Yeah. That's all I learned. Uh, got a message from Abdul and Abdul wanted to let us know that uh Jakeim, which is what we pronounce, it's J-A-K-I-M, is actually, I said it was a he, it's not a he, it's a governmental department. It's the Department for Islamic, uh, it's the Department of Islamic Development of Malaysia. So thanks for the correction, uh, Abdul, we appreciate it. We got a bunch of Alex Jones songs, but I can't play them because they're all like two, three, four minutes long. Yeah. If you want to send us a song, we're happy to play songs uh, if they are good. 
And if they are short, we really can't play very long songs. And people are sending us in entire it's songs. It's like it's a whole song. And some yeah. of them are good. And they're good, but That's I just, thing. I just, I just can't, can't dedicate, I yeah. can't dedicate the, uh, the bandwidth to it. Now, if you want to upload your song to SoundCloud and then post the link to that somewhere on either the show notes, you can post it as a comment on the show notes, or you can go to the Facebook page and post under that. You could post a link to it. It'll show up in the comment section and then people will see it there. Um, so you could post your entire song to SoundCloud and then post the link and then there, everybody could hear the entire piece. But I just can't dedicate two, three, four minutes to songs uh, that people make. If you want to make something, make it short, punchy. 20, 30 seconds is sort of the golden rule. We got a message from Katie and Katie says, hey guys, I finally got into the infamous Kuma's Corner, which is a burger joint here in Chicago. And I hope you already know this, but there's a sandwich on the menu named after Hatebeak. They name all of their sandwiches at Kuma's uh, different bands. I've never had the Hate Beak. I always order, I think, the Kumas, which has a egg on it and bacon, and it's fucking spectacular. So I normally get that one. But um next but week. Next Let's week. do it next week. We're I'll gonna, get a hate beak. Okay, we're gonna get we'll gonna, do a review. We'll do a review of the hate beak. We uh got a message from Matthew Maxson, and Matt Matthew says uh that we should try Duke's uh Italian beef in Bridgeview. We talked about Italian beef last week when we were talking about the Philly cheesesteak yep. sandwich. One of the things that we did was we created a web page on our website. It's for people visiting Chicago. If you're interested in places to eat or places to go, we sort of put together like a tourist page, Yeah, you know, because a lot of people ask us, you know, where should we go in Chicago? What should we do? And so we put together a compilation of stuff we'd sort of recommend you do. And we put a, a, a compilation of places that we would go out to eat because there's a lot of places that Tom and I really enjoy. And so that's on there. I've never had Dukes, but I love going to find a brand new beef sandwich. I yeah. think that's great stuff. So I might go to Bridgeview to even try it. My guess is in Bridgeview, yeah. it's going to be legit. It's going to be legit for sure. We got a uh, compilation sent to us by many people. Uh, this one is partic in particular from Jan. And Jan says, hey, I just want you to know that, uh, that there's this Alex Jones compilation that's on Vice. And it is him uh, basically freaking out and then saying he's sorry for freaking out. It's really <laughs> funny. And I've watched this whole thing. It's actually really funny. We're going to put it on this episode show notes. This is episode 348. We got a message from Tom from Wisconsin and he wants us to do a sort of, uh, we did our first hundred days. He wants us to do a follow-up to that. And we, we think we will. It's a good advice. We're yeah. probably going to try to do this. We might try to do it in a live stream format. Uh, but before the hundred days are up or as hundred days are up, we might do a review of Trump's first hundred days. I think it's a great idea. Got a message from the Secular Student Alliance, and they want us to talk about their upcoming conference. The I, I, I am sorry to interrupt you. I have a I have an ethical issue with promoting this. It's in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Do I we know. really want to try to send people to Columbus, Ohio? Do you feel good about this? I don't take responsibility for that. Isn't there something in Iran we could send people to? <laughs> <laughs> so as Tom mentioned, it is in or Syria, beautiful <laughs> Columbus, Ohio at the Ohio State University. I, I hear good uh, things about student, Aleppo it's at in the July. Union, the, the union. You can get in for thirty four dollars, uh, thirty um, thirty five dollars, thirty four ninety nine. They're trying to trick you. Uh, thirty four ninety nine <laughs> or one twenty nine, uh, one twenty four ninety nine or one hundred twenty five dollars for five people. You get a fifty dollar discount. Uh, it's July 7th through 9th. And it's going to be, like we said, in, I'm not going to say lovely, I'll just say Columbus, in Columbus. That's gross. At The Ohio State University. The conference is named Where Loves Trump's Hate. So, yeah, I, I imagine, I, I I figure I understand what they're going to be talking about right? there. It's sort of wearing it on their sleeves. Hopefully, people will enjoy this and have a great time at the Secular Student Alliance uh, Annual Conference. 
We get a message. Uh, this is from a uh, this is from a phone number. So we are not going to say the person's phone number because it's super rude. Um, <laughs> but uh, but this person sent in uh, a BuzzFeed article that has Jesus on Tinder. I love this article. So this dude has a profile as Jesus says he's Jesus. He's 21. He's a carpenter, which I think is great. He's got a tremendous, his profile pic. He's turning water into wine. He's got Swedish fish and bread in the background. I think the bread is tortillas. I think it's a sack it of tortillas. Be. It might I think be. It yeah. Is. Uh, and, it, but I mean, the guy's got game. Like I just had his tortillas, right? <laughs> looks it's like corn tor- tortillas. It looks like tortillas. I think it's, so, it's great. Uh, it's so great. Uh, so just quick uh, from his profile, it says 21. He says, actually several thousand years old. I don't know why it says that downside. I've only been nailed once <laughs> upside. I would die for you. So you'd know that I'm committed. Also, my dad is a pretty big deal. He always beats me in dreidel swipe, right? If you need some Jesus in you, <laughs> you guys got to check this out because they've got screenshots of some of the text message exchanges from people that super like Jesus, which yeah. I think is great too. Um, and the guy's got fucking game. He does. He has game and he's, he's got funny. Game. He's funny. It's fucking funny. He does. He does, however, repeat some of the same pickup lines. And I thought at first I was a little down on that. And then I thought, you know what? I fuck everybody the same way too. <laughs> slow. So <laughs> slow, slowly sloppy, disappointingly. Slow, sloppy and someone's crying at the end. <laughs> it's, it's always you. me. <laughs> Not usually. It always is actually. It doesn't count unless you cry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I can't actually orgasm unless I'm tearing. Oh so. God. <laughs> Oh my God. So ladies. Uh, so anyway, uh, that was really funny. Thanks for sending in. We got a message from Matt and Matt is from Jake land. He has uh, been a fan of the show for a long time. And he sent in Tom's favorite part of the, uh, the speech that, that uh, no, the, the press conference that, right. that, that yep. Trump did. So here's Tom's favorite part of the, sp- the press conference. Take my number down. 222, 222, 222. <laughs> I love it. That's, That's awesome. Great. I'm glad you got Ishmael to do that for you. Oh. <laughs> That's great. Why does he say it so weird? Uh, so we want to thank Marissa Alexa McCool for joining us today, having a great discussion a about trans issues yeah. and really just a lot of fun to have her on. And uh, you can buy Marissa's book. Uh, check out Marissa's podcast. Go to Marissa's hundredth show. All you have to do is go to this episode show notes. All the links are be there. Uh, but check out all the stuff that Marissa does. Uh, she's a really great person. We got a chance to meet her uh, when she came to Chicago for the GAM live show. But we've also been on Inciting Incident. I've known Marissa for for uh, over a year yeah, now. I she's think. been great. So, she's, she's been, been really great wonderful. so far. So, um, so check out Marissa's stuff. That's going to be it for this week. Uh, we're going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno-Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo-quasi-alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead, pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, 
conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.